Good evening, everyone. This is the Great Game Hunters podcast, where we go through the ins and outs of Kingdom Death, talk strategy, lore, uh, gear, and just all-around backstory uh, to Kingdom Death Monster. But first up, who are we? As usual, I'm Matt, and I am joined with Josh and Fen. Gentlemen. Hey, Matt. How you doing? Hello. I'm doing just well. I hope you guys are doing good, too. And uh, super excited to jump into the second half here of the Lion Knight so last time we talked about the Lion Knight, we went through the showdown. We went through some of the lore. Uh, we went through hit location AI cards. Now we're going to jump into the tail end of it, so rewards, uh, the aftermath, and uh, what else? Uh, the hybrid armor sets and any little other bits that the Lion Knight adds to the game. Sounds good yeah. to me. All right, so I guess we're just going to jump right into it then with the aftermath. So are we talking victory or defeat first? Always hope to be victorious first. I mean, we hope, but what's the reality here? Uh, the reality is you're probably better off being defeated than victorious in this fight. All right. So, so. Let, let's let's jump into the defeat first then, and then okay. we can save the best for last. How about that? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so the defeat pretty straightforward. Uh, the Lion Knight resumes his repose and then intermission. So the intermission story event. So what's the intermission story about? <laughs> that is a great question. Thankfully, it's on the next page. Yeah. Uh, so if the survivors were defeated, the villain's body lies still on the stage. The Lion Knight strolls out from behind the stage wearing a white mask. The retinue stands off stage, clapping excitedly. Although the survivors are saddened by their loss, they can't help but feel like they have done something right. Awash with pride, they awkwardly face their audience and take a bow. Lose the stoic statue innovation and gain the white mask innovation. Add places everyone to the timeline four years from now, and then one at a time nominate each returning survivor and roll a D10. So we're rolling D10, uh, one through two. As you can imagine, this is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, as you exit the stage, a member of the retinue lifts her mask and plants a kiss on your cheek. The feeling overwhelms you like nothing has before or ever will again. You retire. Nice beachside condo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The ultimate feel of the dark kiss. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so three through six is going to give you basking in the glow of the retinue's admiration. You forget all about your defeat. When you get home, you realize you've forgotten a bit more than that. Lose all levels of your current weapon proficiency. That could be really nasty. Yeah. Especially well, if you're almost all the way to the front, to the uh, to the end of your weapon proficiency tracker. There's a reason why this, this expansion is like debated as to be one of the three worst expansions in the game. <laughs> and, and this is part of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty hefty punishment for a middling role. Yeah. It kind of just results in, you look at this and you go, why am I ever going to put anyone who is worthwhile into these fights ever? You're just sending trash in, which we kind of talked about before. Right, sending some yeah. newbies to the meat grinder. Yeah, exactly. And then 7 through 10, the retinue coyly offers you a small trinket as consolation. Add one broken lantern basic resource to the settlement storage. I like how they hand you a piece of junk. And just like, <laughs> here, here you go. Take this and go away. We found this from your lantern hoard. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, real quick, the, this story mentions this static statue. Stoic statue rare gear. So yeah. what was, I'm sorry, what is, uh, innovation. I don't think we talked about an innovation yet, so let's talk about that real quick. What? Before we do, yeah. there's one thing I think that I don't know if last time we talked about it or not, it's important to note that um, if you get 
defeated by the Lion Knight, even on the like third fight, um, it just triggers um, intermission. It never triggers finale. Okay. So basically, you can end up fighting the level three Lion Knight over and over. He will not go away until you kill him. Like until you actually beat him, he keeps coming back. Oh, that's interesting. Which, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. If, I don't think it's something you've encountered because, to be honest, the level three line knight is a bit of a pushover. Um, but yeah, if you look at the rewards page, um, you know, on the showdown, you'll see there if defeat, you just go to intermission always. Uh, yeah, look at that. Yeah. So I think that was something I think is worth noting that you can end up in this loop where everybody just sort of gradually retires and forgets their weapon proficiency and you collect a big pile of lanterns. Huh. Yeah. All right. So we have the stoic statue and also the white mask innovation that this mentions. So we'll go over the stoic statue first. So stoic statues, I believe what you get when he first shows up, the story about that introduces him. Yeah. It's just him standing there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the Stoic statue is, uh, for an Endeavor, you can worship the monster. You may not depart or Endeavor again in the settlement phase and roll a d10. On a 1 through 6, empty your mind, gain one understanding. And on a 7 through 10, your faith is inspiring. Departing survivors gain a survival. If this result is gained more than once in a settlement phase, they instead gain plus 10 survival. All right. It's just a, an okay place to dump extra endeavors for people who aren't hunting to get more understanding of it. It's, it's fine. Yeah. You know? I mean, the, the part of survival is not bad either, but. Yeah, I usually find you're swimming in departing survival. It's. Not uh, in our current settlement. Yeah, we're, we're not having good luck in our current campaign. Our departing survival, I think we get one. Yep. Yeah. So in in cases where you don't have a very good uh, set of innovations to give you departing survival, this could be potentially handy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's absolutely it's it, there's nothing bad about it. It's just it's not around very long either, if I remember correctly. Like what is it? Till Lantern Year Six is his first appearance, I think. Um, not quite sure, but hang on, I think he appears at six. And hang on. Let's double check the timeline because that's that is relevant to how long you have this. Uh, to do yeah, you get an invited guest in Lantern Year Six, and then that will add places to everyone to Lantern Year Eight. So yeah, you have it from Lantern Year Six to Eight. So two years. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I mean that's pretty much straightforward with the Stoic statue, and then the other innovation that we have is the white mask. Yeah. So that is for one endeavor, you can visit the retinue story event, and then I'm sorry, visit the retinue, and then the story event strange caravan. So Which we'll talk about later. Yeah, we'll jump into that later, and then the second one is an endeavor: leave the monster an offering, spend a resource, and roll a d10. So on a one through six, you feel satisfied, gain two survival. Uh, on a seven through nine. You stand strongly beside it. Departing survivors gain a plus one strength token. And on a 10 plus, you touch its heartless chest and feel emptiness as the cold surface sears your hand. Gain the Red Fist secret fighting art. He's got a lantern of it built into his chest. That's interesting. <laughs> um, so how do you feel about this one, Fen? Um, honestly, like 90% of the time, this is not really worth a resource unless you're swimming in them. Like two survival for a resource, uh, not great. Departed survivors get a strength token. I mean, that's useful, but again, do you want to spend a resource on it? Um, probably not, but the 10, the 10 results fantastic. So if you've got ways of leveraging that a bit, 
say, bonuses to the roll. Um, it's pretty good. It's unique. Um, but, like, I don't think it needed the resource cost on there, to be honest. It could have been, like, two Endeavors roll instead. So yeah, I find it a little... I don't have any problems with it, but I'm not going to use it very often either. Fair enough. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, 50% of the time you're gaining two survival for a resource, and that doesn't seem that great. No, no. You'd right. have to be in a situation that you guys are in where you've not got many, <laughs> not got much departing survival. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then and then you paid an endeavor and a resource in order to get this survival. And there's other ways you can get survival by spending endeavors that are generally more effective. All right. So that is the white mask. That is all of the items from the intermission, I believe. If you're defeated. If you're defeated. Yeah. What happens if you're if we defeated. Win? So we'll, let's jump back and we'll do victory then. Okay. So that, okay. that also will lead us into intermission potentially. Yeah. So the first time you defeat the Lion Knight, gain the Lion Knight badge rare gear. So what's the Lion Knight badge? And that is, it's a unique item. Item, jewelry, and knight are the keywords there. You gain plus one accuracy, and then at the start of the showdown, draw a tactics card. So it's part of the trifecta of um, tactics badges, the others one being the Flower Knight and the Dug Beetle Knight. This is the weakest of them, because accuracy is not as useful as evasion or armor overall. Like, most weapons have enough accuracy, but tactics cards are very good. So... Yeah, tactics cards can be quite handy. If this had... The way the other two both have um, uh, have affinities on them, this one doesn't, which is... I think if it had maybe an affinity or two, I'd race it more, but it is basically a free piece of gear that provides tactics and accuracy, so... It's, you know, it's not quite as good as a Sunspot Lantern, but you can't really sniff at it. Understood. Yeah, I think if it had uh, some maybe green or blue affinities on it, that would be pretty swanky. Yeah, I think a green would have been nice, because if I remember correctly, and I'm actually going to click in and check now, but I believe from memory, the Dung Beetle Knight one is red right, and the Flower Knight one's like maybe a down blue? I believe so. Yeah, let's let's wet resin crafter. Um, no, I'll have to. Oh, my badges are all the. You know, it's an upper blue on the flower night one. Sorry, um, which is actually quite good in many ways. Up, up blue is not an easy one to get your hands on. I prefer down blue though, um, and it must be right. Oh, there we are. I've got the crafting location for the Dunk Beetle Knight. Uh, wet resin, you are here. Yeah, it's a right red, which is okay. There's actually, it's quite rare, right red. So maybe if this had, say, a right green, it would have been really useful because right green is quite rare and it tends to be only on stuff either on armor or things like um, the bird bread. Yeah. Oh, okay. or, or feather mental things like that. Generally, you have to go after phoenixes to get it because it's part of the phoenix black art setup. So, I, I would have liked to see another affinity on this. We've talked <laughs> talked a fair bit about what it's missing, um, but yeah, it's still it's a way of getting tactics. It's one of four cards that give you tactics, so it's still it's good. 
All right. So then after the, you get that, the first time you beat him, you're going to gain one level of hunt XP, you gain one level of weapon proficiency, and you trigger the following story events according to monster level. So one through two is going to bring us back to intermission. Uh, so it's going to be the other half of the intermission, which is if the survivors were victorious. So suddenly, the Lion Knight is standing in the same place it was when it first appeared in the settlement, wearing a gleaming black mask that drains the light from everything around it. The Lion Knight's retinue scurries out onto the stage, hunched over in a single file. One carries a blade, the second a golden vessel, and the last her enormous tome. Before anyone has a chance to react, they are upon the survivor that defeated the Lion Knight. Lose the Stoic Statue Innovation. So we, we lose it again. Yep. So either either way, we're going to lose it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then gain the Black Mask Innovation. And then finally, add places everyone to the timeline four years from now, nominate the survivor that dealt the killing blow, and roll a D10. So on a one through two, you're grabbed by the shoulders and your head is shoved into the golden vessel and severed. You're dead. So you did such a good job in defeating the Lion Knight that uh, you're dead. He kills you. Yep. So, so one two on, on the defeat is you retire. Right. Mm-hmm. Which That's, is preferable to death. Right. You can, you can come back from that. Um, mm. That or you can at least do endeavors and like help around in the settlement. Make babies. You can make babies. You can yeah. farm, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yep, this one, you, uh, you, you get your head in a jar. Mm-hmm. Uh, three through five, one seizes you by the arm, uh, with another, while another cleanly severs it at the shoulder with one soundless chop. The last gingerly places the bloodied limb inside the vessel. Suffer the dismembered arm severe injury. No blood flows from the wound. So, you either, if you lose, you lose your weapon proficiency levels, but if you win, you get your arm chopped off. Yeah. I hope you're not using two-handed weapons. Yeah, that's, uh, not very nice. Just to make a note that the, if you lose, all the survivors have to roll in this. Right. If you win, only the person who dealt the kill and blow has to roll. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. it's only one of the four. Point taken. Uh, so then six through ten, a grotesque mask is produced from the vessel. Trembling, you realize that you have no choice but to put it on. Gain the hideous disguise, rare gear. You look hideous. <laughs> you look hideous. So the hideous disguise, this is an item, mask, bone, other. It is two armor on the head location. It's an accessory, and it is cursed, and it is gained plus one strength. At the start of the showdown, if you are fighting the Lion Knight, choose your roll card. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, as we'll talk a bit later, this is the way that you get the secret fighting up. Oh, okay. I'm going to say, this yeah. doesn't seem that great. Uh, yeah. Well, in fact, we're probably not going to be able to talk about it too much, because it was also in the death blow section on the Lion Knight, but essentially, to recap that... Um, if you deal the death blow while wearing a hideous disguise, then you get to – there's a fanfare and uh, spotlights and trumpets and you're paraded through the streets and then they give you the uh, secret fighting art. And it's actually really good. It's a really good secret fighting art, but you've got two windows to get it. You've got to get the mask against the level one and then you've got to beat the level two. So that's, that's what you've got to do to manage to get this because – as you will see when we talk about level three, there's not a window for it then. God. It's a different, it's a different aftermath. So, you know, very hard. Probably one of the hardest secret fighting arts in the game to get and one of the, the most powerful. All right. So we talked about the hideous disguise. Where's the black mask at? Black mask is on the back of the white mask. Oh, look at that. Yeah. So that's the sad face mask. Tragedy mask. Uh, yep. So this is for an endeavor, visit the retinue and do strange caravan. It's very similar there. And so the mm-hmm. second option is a double endeavor to face the monster, roll a d10. 
On a one through five, it senses your hostile intent and skins you instantly. Gain one skull basic resource. Technically, you don't die. You're not dead. <laughs> just he just he takes your skin off and then takes your skull out, but you're still fine. No, no, no. He take he skins you and hands you a skull. Oh, so okay. Your skull. That's true. Okay. I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. Like it would have made more sense if he senses your hostile intent, skills you, skins you instantly. Uh, put one hide in the settlement resource. You die. Yeah. You, you, you know. Yeah, this is a weird choice of resources and actions and lack of death. Yeah. yeah. He's I like mean, Buffalo Bill. Be the next line, and actually it's a bit more specific. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so six through nine, your head explodes in gore. You are dead. Gain one uh, mystery meat basic resource. You're dead there, so clearly you're not dead in the previous one. That's yeah. the only logic we can take from the way this is worded. <laughs> All right. Um, interesting, too, that it's a mystery meat that you're getting. Who was the designer of this expansion again? Who do we think it was? Was It, it, was, it was Zach M, wasn't it? I think. It, it was one of the Zachs, I think. Uh, I don't think it was Clark or Barash. No, it wasn't Clark or Barash. I think it was the other one. It's Zach M, yeah. Okay. That, that explains a lot. <laughs> um, I'll go look at my book okay. and see. Yep, Zach M. Yep, yep. Uh, he, he's, he's the one who – he's not with them anymore. No. He's with uh, Google or something now. Oh, that's cool. Huh. Yeah. Uh, so uh, then, okay. The last thing here is on a 10+. plus. It's mm. feel unfeeling gaze leaves you breathless. You awake hours later and gain the legendary lungs secret fighting art. Do, 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 do. I was about to do that. Do, oh. do, do. Beat you to it. Thank you, fan. <laughs> yeah. So you get legendary lungs, which uh, that – remind me again what legendary lungs is, fan. Um, that's basically the butcher's trademark, and it's also in People of the Sun from the, uh, uh is it the sauna, I think? I believe but it's it the is, sauna. it is, um, oh, let's get the exact wording, because I have the card right here. Uh, For each successful attack, you make an additional attack? I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure people who, yep, for each successful hit, make an additional attack roll, once per attack. Alright. So, you've activated my tarp card, the fighting art. Oh, it's a little better. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, if you're only doing yeah, one speed, you've got a two speed. Right, right. So. Yeah, you can stack it onto slow weapons, which is very effective. Um, so, you know. Fair like, enough. Going from one speed to two speed is, like, actually very, genuinely an improvement most of the time. Um, but going from two to three, it can be quite detrimental. Unless it's a high speed, low accuracy weapon, like the uh, counterweight counter axe. <laughs> the I only hit on a ten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much, new bone witch. My God, that that oh, the meta has broken so badly since the new bone witch came out. Jeez. Uh, so we've got a couple options here. We can go back. We can discuss the finale, uh, or we can talk about the um, caravan. Well, I think we should actually, you know talk about what we think about the black mask overall oh yeah uh, that's yeah, a good idea know. yeah yeah so how do you guys feel about it this is this is your reward for beating him and generally if you're doing it right you should beat him under one you should beat him at level two so this should be what you have most of the time um oh boy we get to potentially die i mean theoretically it's only on a six through nine but intent wise it sounds yeah. like we were meant to die on a one through nine which is why would you, you know bother? What would be fun is get this and just decide to have a settlement of skinless people. 
<laughs> people of the skull. You get tons of skulls to eat and lots of skinless people. This this just seems that like would be like the scariest settlement. Oh yeah, the people of the skull. They eat all the skulls after they get skinned. Oh it's yeah, like, right of passage. Skinless people eating fighter. skulls. Perfect. <laughs> Okay, well, we're going to assume that you die on a one to nine. But I, I mean, you know, we could probably maybe ask Adam at some point. We well, might find out in uh, the uh, the next release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, gets, I'm pretty uh, sure, given that usually the death result is the lower results, the fact that the one to five doesn't kill you and the six to nine does suggests that they should all all kill you. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just say it. This is really good. This. This innovation is ridiculous. Really? Yeah. The, now, the, here's the thing. First of all, um, when it, most of the time it kills your survivor and gives you resources. Mm-hmm. So generally what you can do with that is trade endeavors and survivors who are useless to get more resources. So occasionally a survivor is going to like beat the odds and come out with legendary lungs. Brilliant. They, they're no longer useless. But what you're looking to do is play like a high population strategy, preferably survive the fittest graves. And you can cycle people with collective toil. And basically people, people are so, you know, soil and green is made of yeah. people. Yeah. So the, the and the, that's the big thing is actually generally your um, settlement boils down to either you've got people who matter. They're your weapon masters. They're your constellations, if you're, or your warriors of the sun, and then you've got all your disposable guys who are like your plebs, who they just, you know, they're not going out hunting yet, or they've been badly injured and they're never going hunting again because they they've retired forever after a kiss from Sam or Ran, you know, yeah, <laughs> or um, or they're a savior. In which case, you can just blend them away and get something out of them, um, and and. Because you've got graves, you'll get a refund of one endeavor, which yeah. you can spend to then breed for a new, um, fresh survivor. So. I suppose that's a, a reason why it's a two endeavor thing. Imagine if it was one endeavor and you can yeah. just basically cycle through survivors almost Absolutely. endlessly. Yeah. Yeah, they priced, they priced this right. This card is a, a well balanced typo aside, uh, and I've done a lot with it. I say it's well balanced, but actually, <laughs> This card is the reason I managed to build a settlement that I lost count of the population. It was somewhere in the billions. Um, and there's, there's a, there's like a, a it's, I think I've talked about it before, but essentially there's a silly combo you can do with survival of the fittest and, uh, face painting and graves and, or, and other endeavors that you put together. And then you, you snowball in your population and, Collective toil gives you more and more endeavors. And you end up at a point where you go, all right, so I've been doing this for five years. We're back in the settlement phase and I've got 200 endeavors. <laughs> and like the corresponding population. And it's an exponential growth thing. It's kind of, once you do it once, it's sort of uh, interesting as an exercise, but you realize the game's not designed to support this. But you can just empty, like you just get tons until you get skulls and you just spend them and you get mystery meats and spend them and you keep going round and round and round and you've got just all the basic resources you could ever possibly need on tap and this population just kind of churns itself back in. So it's a you know, like that's that's the fun thing about these kind of games is you put different pieces together and you create horribly broken systems and you go, ooh, 
and then maybe you don't do it again. Um, but the black mask, like, is potentially a ton of resources as long as you're able to spend the skull and spend the mystery meat straight away. So, thank goodness they don't put them into settlement storage, eh? Yeah. Yeah, this is a. Uh, I never thought of it that way, but yeah, I was. Yeah, it makes sense well, I, that you being able to recycle crappy survivors and uh, get something out of them on the on yeah. a whim. Well, Adam's indicated he doesn't want us to be focused on certain survivors. He wants us to treat our survivors as like a a pool, a resource. So I just took it to its logical end and treated them literally as resources. Literally as resources. I like that. Blend them up. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I most of the time I have the black mask when I'm playing with this expansion because as I've talked about last time, it's not hard to beat the Lion Knight. He's not a difficult fight. He looks scary on paper, but in practice, he's just kind of a big thespian. Um, so yeah, it's as a diversion. I think it's well priced. It's well balanced. Just because I've I've broken it and other people have broken it in a crazy manner, um, that's like a very far edge case. So you know, on the whole, this is great and it's face painting that's the problem all right so the other part of the aftermath then uh if we beat a level three lion knight we go to the finale story yep so i don't think that i've seen this so oh that is that's great art right there yeah uh So finale, the Lion Knight dramatically falls prone and begins a well-rehearsed finale. The retinue draws the survivors near to hear the Lion Knight's soliloquy. There was once a woman. Her body was a testament to her life of struggle and survival. She was beyond her limit. No longer could she be nourished on determination alone. She was going to die. With her last shred of strength, she dug for a paltry meal through a flinty crack, but her fingernail broke on the rock. As blood trickled from her hand, she slipped into oblivion. A hero appeared, transfixed by the beauty of the scene. The hero was moved. Of course, a hero does not need a reason to do what they must. In a practiced, whispered tone, the Lion Knight speaks. This time, it is you, the true heroes, who have saved me. Your struggle is beautiful and has revealed much. Goodbye. A mask is laid over the Lion Knight's face. Stifled tears break the silence. The retinue produces a grand coffin from the stage left, from stage left, and gently places the Lion Knight inside. Hefting it over their heads, they vanish into the darkness. Relieved and confused, the survivors mill about awkwardly. One of them finds a small manuscript the retinue left behind. So the settlement loses the black mask or white mask innovation. You archive it. If the settlement innovated pictographs, they can read the manuscript. Uh, and then if you can read it, it details the battles between the Lion Knight and the survivors. Its title is suggestive. The villain and the heroes that saved him. Nominate a survivor to study the manuscript. They gain the courtly screenwriter secret fighting art. He is such a ham. He is, yeah. Okay, so... so- there's a, a kind of an implication in this that the he's talking about one of the um, one of the three members of retinue is this woman. Um, it's like not certain, but if you look in the picture, you'll see uh, the one where she's dead. They put a mask on her. They're holding a, a goblet of some kind of liquid, possibly blood. Um, so, and you know, I don't know if it's certain, but it, it feels possible. Yeah, and there's only two people there. Like, yeah. So that she two could be the third. She could be, yeah. 
So, you know, yeah, because, like, they, you know, transfixed by the beauty of the scene, the hero has moved. Of course, the hero does not need a reason to do what they must. Well, what does he do? It's not really said there, is it? So, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm kind of getting from this. Huh. That and they can produce a coffin out of nowhere. <laughs> if it's from, stage, from stage left. Mm. They carry it around all the time. He's just getting carried to the next element to go do this again. Exactly. See, this when we talk about the Dragon King, these guys appear again, and where the heck is the coffin? Six feet deep? Mm. No, no, no. <laughs> it's because the Lion Knight's pulling them. Pulling the carriage when, when we talk about it. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, he's giant ham. Um, I suppose we should look at the courtly screenwriter's uh, secret fighting art then. Yep. So, courtly screenwriter. At the start of the showdown, secretly write down on a scrap of paper which survivors will live and who will deal a killing blow. During the aftermath, if your predictions are correct, raise the settlement's survival limit by one. That's interesting. It's uh, just a fun piece of fluff on the whole. Yeah. It's, I imagine this is one not many people have had because pictographs is a low priority innovation. Yeah. Because um, running away is a low priority thing. Run although, away! Run away! Yeah. Um, it's kind of fun. Uh, it's a bit silly because effectively, uh, you know, like, it, it feels more role play. It's one of those very role play sort of elements. Single player is where I've encountered this, where it's kind of dumb. Yeah, because you can just do what you. Yeah, you go. You go everyone's going to live. This guy's going to deal the, um, the the killing blow, and that's what you try and do. Um, and but the survival limit up by one is it's not super valuable. Uh, although you do reach a point where if we, I don't know if you've ever had like about over ten survival limit, whether suddenly those plus tens you get from like intimacy and similar do make a bit of a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Deep pools of survival. When you just spend survival all the time and not have to worry about it ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, like, you need to spend five survival to get plus one strength. Sure, I have fifteen. I can do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the dung beetle knight and the dragon king become a, a wealth of extra stats. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I like. I, I do like it. I just. Um, I, I do feel it's like a, a. It's a bit cutesy. You know, it's like doesn't really quite work right but with certain role playing groups who are a bit more focused on the story and everything uh, it's it's going to be very cool for them and I can uh, see yeah. this secret fighting art like if it was good to go in any expansion this is obviously the one that it would go into given the whole tone of this one as a whole yeah I love the look at the picture look at him there like <laughs> he's got some writer's block going on yeah who Who's gonna Who's gonna slay the monster? I mean, we had the hunt reenactment last week, and and the lion butchered Rupert. <laughs> yeah. So, um, there's also another thing worth noting from beating the level three, which is that if you have a Qatar master in your settlement, Qatar mastery to be specific, mm-hmm. uh, then you will gain the. Um, the claws. The, the left and right claw. Yes. So these are actually Qatars in and of themselves. They are. And uh, they function quite differently from each other as well, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are one of two paired weapons that are different from each other. The other ones are iron sword and spear, but those are only in the um, scenario, so they're not officially 
things in the game. So gotcha. these are the only paired weapons with different names and different stat lines that officially exist right now. Um, and they are very cool. So we'll go with the, uh, the right claw first then. Uh, I'll go with the left claw first. Oh, fine. For, okay. For reasons. Left to right. Okay. Uh, so the Lion Knight's left claw, it is a weapon melee katar. It is two speed, five plus accuracy for four strength. It's got a left red and a right blue affinity. And it is paired with the Lion Knight's right claw. So if you, it's got a puzzle piece red on it, so if you link up that red affinity, it gains deadly. And it's got a puzzle piece blue, so if you link up that right facing blue affinity, it gains plus one speed. Yep. I mean that's it's a nice weapon. Five plus accuracy, four strength, not bad. Yeah, yeah. It's it, you got to remember you're getting this in Lantern Year sixteen, mm. and that. But if you're playing a campaign where you don't have access to digging claws, this could this is like quite an enticing weapon for the mid to late game for a Qatar user, right. especially as you have a Qatar master and Qatar masters benefit from deadly. So yeah, it's it's got an attractive stat line. Um, it's very tempting to consider that you line these up ne- left to right next to each other because of the when we talk about the other one, you say, oh, they pair, but actually it works best when you put them in the middle column. So, so you, you can activate kind of... both of the puzzle pieces on them. Exactly, yeah. yeah. All right, so then the Lion Knight's right claw, it is also a weapon melee katar. It is two speed. Here's where the differences start, though. It is eight plus accuracy instead of five plus, but it is eight strength instead of four yeah. plus, or four. Yeah. Uh, again, paired with the Lion Knight's left claw. The affinities are reversed on this, so there's a left blue and a right red. And on the red puzzle piece, gain on a perfect hit, gain a survival. And on a left puzzle piece, uh, gains plus one speed. Yeah. So it's always worth remembering how paired works, is if you have both of these in the grid, then they will use the speed of the other one on there. So with both of them in there, they're speed four weapons. So it's a speed four, five plus... Uh, four strength weapon or a speed four eight plus eight strength weapon and actually that second stat line is really good speed four hitting on an eight plus with eight strength is actually a very rare weapon type that is interesting and the kind of stuff that people who like high speed should be like should have a go with because it it it's high speed is problematic but it's fun to roll lots of dice we've talked a lot about that in the past but having a low chance of hitting combined with very hard hits when you do actually hit works mechanically. A la counterweight axe. Yeah, yeah. The counterweight axe though just skips wounding altogether. Right, right. You know, if, if the counterweight axe worked, yeah, I had, was just had on a perfect hit, it had 10 strength or something, then yeah, sure. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, it's a unique weapon. The right claw is like really cool. Unfortunately, that's the one you sacrifice to make the green armor as well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, so it always kind of sucks. <laughs> you, you sit there and you're like, okay, well, it's time for me to make uh, the body. I think it's the body piece. Yeah, it's the chest piece. The chest piece, so bye-bye, interesting claw. Um, I love this design. I think this is where Paired really comes to life, uh, and I hope we get more of this in new expansions. Because these are, they're not the best guitars in the game, but they are pretty good. So the question, if you have the Red Affinities linked up, do you get both the Perfect Hit plus one and Deadly? No, because you, you get the stats from which whether, whichever weapon you're using. Okay. Yeah, but both of them, you can swap, so you've got choices on which 
attack mode you're going for. So you can go, oh, well, I want to go deadly because I'm coming to some nice locations good to crit, or I don't really, you know, I just want to go all out with some big hits. So they, they sort of don't really sit together, and I find that ultimately you end up splitting the claws up and putting them on two different builds. Okay. Um, because, like, a 2-8 plus 8 weapon actually is very good anyway. Um, you can make it a 3-8-8 eight, eight anyway. Pretty yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can easily do a three eight eight. So yeah, of course you can do like a five five eight eight if you want. Uh, so yeah. Um, bottom line, I think generally I I have them both on the same grid, but it's all about using the right claw. This is where you do new game plus, and you just get multiple claws. <laughs> well, it's true they're not unique. They're yeah, not unique. You could. Yeah, you could. I think it would be nice if the recipe had been unlocked instead and you could craft these. Um, and you could, we could have had a few of them, so uh, you could have sort of chosen what you wanted to do. But that's the system they went with, it, and it is thematically interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. They are they're, – they're fun. All right. So is there anything else from the tail end of the showdown that we need to go over? Nope. I don't think so. I mean, just an overall kind of view, as you see, like, it's very much a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of experience. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of feels bad, like, you ha- it, it, a bit like the Kingsman, you're sort of looking for the weakest, worst member of the group to deal the final blow. Um, but then, this is where it gets frustrating, is in, if you beat the level one, and you manage that six to ten, and you get the hideous disguise rare gear, then you've got a shot at getting the fighting art which we haven't talked about yet, uh, the Ageless Apprentice. But then you have to go through the second fight and you have to score the death blow with the survivor who's got the mask. And then you've got to still manage to get a 6 to 10 again because you still have to deal with the results of the the end of the fight. Right. Yeah, I think... I think I might have said it earlier. I can't, I don't have the death blow card here with me, so I can't remember whether you get Aegis Apprentice on the level three or not. Um, if you've got the death blow card, it, it may trigger and you get Aegis Apprentice and then you'd go on into doing the finale. I think we should be accurate on that. Yeah, you get Aegis Apprentice on the death blow card. Okay, so you've got, so to amend my previous slightly incorrect statement. The way that you're going to get Aegis Apprentice, and we'll talk about it right after this, is during fighting the level one, if you score uh, the killing blow, um, and on a six to ten, you get the hideous disguise, then if you death blow the level two, or the level three, you will get the mask. If you fail to get the mask against the level one, you have a second attempt against the level two to get the mask, and then you can try and do it against the level three with a death blow. So you've got two opportunities to manage to get Aegis Apprentice. If you set this up. All right. And I'm looking at the Ageless Apprentice card right now, and this is really cool. It's really cool. It's it, really I'm cool. sad that it's so awkward to get, and it comes with a shitty downside. So the Ageless Apprentice card is when you gain Hunt XP, you may decide not to gain it. So Note, note this is not Ageless. Very important. So what's the, di- what's the differential here between Ageless and the text here? I expect <clears throat> this will get changed in... Um, in Campaigns of Death, but as it stands right now, this will work on saviors. But one caveat, obviously saviors can't equip other gear. So there's a question mark with what happens if a savior deals a killing blow to the 
Lion Knight, and then they get the mask given to them, which is an other gear. Ah. Now, I'd assume they can't get it, they can't put it in their grid, because Savior rules overwrite. Right. So, assuming that, because that's, like, worst-case scenario, you can still do this on a Savior. Um, and I, well, I'll tell you about it now, and then we'll talk about the other really cool part of Aegis Apprentice. Mm-hmm. So, here we go. Here's the scenario. This is ridiculous, by the way. It's a lot of work, and it's not worth doing. <laughs> you, in your campaign, you hunt and beat the Lonely Tree. Level 3 Lonely Tree, and you get the Nightmare Fruit. Uh, dreaming Drifting Fruit, to be specific. When you eat this, you become a saviour. Okay? You then need to take take that into a new game plus via a satchel, have a survivor deal the blow to the Lion Knight to get the mask, and then they eat the... Um, Sorry, uh, to deal the blow with the mask. Then you have to do the death blow and gain Age of Apprentice, and then they can eat the dreaming drifting fruit uh. and become a savior that doesn't gain hunt XP. Oh, that would be cool. It would be really cool. Giant pain in all the ass. my abilities all the time. <laughs> yes, constantly spamming the abilities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So broken. It's it's unbelievably broken. It's a lot of work, and it involves new game plus, which is always like stupid broken stuff. But that was one of those things I looked at, and I went, "How can I do this?" And I was like, "Okay, well, you can't you can't just get the mask onto the savior because I'm going to assume that other savior rules trump cursed in this situation because the other way around is super easy." Yeah. So and, how do, how do we do it? And savers always didn't get uh, Kingsman gear too. So according I think that's to the official, fact, yeah, yeah. That was always a, a bit of a weird one because the Kingsman's gear doesn't have other printed on it and Adams never really cleared that up. Yeah. I wish he'd fixed the FAQ, but I know they're very busy right now. Anyway, let's talk about the other part of Aegis Apprentice. Not not only do you not age, but you get to so do cool. Stuff. Yeah. So cool. When you depart you may rotate up to three gear cards in your gear grid. This changes the location of their affinities and arrows, otherwise the gear functions normally. Mm. That's that's awesome because I constantly like you could have an affinity in any direction then based yeah. on how you want to rotate yeah. this. Yep. Exactly. Three of your gear cards rotate wherever they like. The number of builds this unlocks is insane. But there is one thing you want to pay attention to. You still have a hideous disguise stuck in your gear grid. Because oh. uh, you, yeah, you need to get crystal skin to get rid of it. <clears throat> and then you've got the problem that you can't now wear armor, so there is a downside to this. I can see this working really cool though with like blood pain and stuff. You can get some mm-hmm. cool affinities linked up, which blood pain yeah. normally makes super difficult because it has to be the left and right. If it can yep. be on the top and bottom. Yeah. Yep. Yep. If you can come up with some good eight grid, uh, yeah, eight item gear grids, which you should be doing anyway. You shouldn't be builds with nine. You should be looking at builds with eight with a flex spot. Yeah, you can do tons with Aegis Apprentice. It's really fun. It's genuinely a, sh- a shame how hard it is to get, but it is absolutely worth it when you do get it. So, stupid theoretical hypothetical here. Um, if we were to do your savior thing, would that get rid of the hideous disguise or no? I I don't know. I mean, according to the FAQ, yes, they can't equip other gear, so it would fall off even though it's cursed. So... Yeah. Yeah, that's that's your ideal scenario right there. We get the Ageless Apprentice Savior and then uh, make some crazy-ass gear grids with him. So the question is, if you could do this, would you pick blue or green? Oh. 
Uh, I know Josh I, would pick green. I think I would pick blue. It, blue might be the best choice here. For though. spamming and a skill, the blue mm. is the all the luck, right? Yeah, luck and yeah. range, right? Luck it and range, did. just crit everything. It has that trap avoiding attack. So the, the, you stand the blue savior in the corner and just chuck a blue skull at the uh, at the monster. <laughs> Give it all every, the speed every other turn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I hit the trapper. It's fine. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like I said, I would assume we're going to get some kind of changes to the Line Knight expansion because hopefully things have got back to Adam and he understands the community isn't well enamored with it. And hopefully they do a fine tune through and change when you gain 100 XP. You may decide not to gain it to just say you have Ageless. Because Ageless is a key word and effectively that is what it but it does, it's not fully doing ageless here because you, if you're retired, then, you know, you, you, you can't hunt with an ageless apprentice. Right. And this will stack with ageless as well. Not that it really matters. All right. So moving along, what do you want to talk about next, Ben? I want to go to the next two story events in the book and then we'll go yep, let's the get the cards. through the book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. So we're, we need to do. Uh, Let's do places, everyone. That's the story event that happens after intermission. Okay. When he comes back. So, um, have, have we done invite an invited guest? Uh, I think we did that in the first half because we talked uh, about yeah. how he comes. Sure. Then let's get on to places, everyone. Places, everyone. Suddenly, three more figures appear, stirring up a commotion. Despite the whirlwind of activity around it, the Lion Knight remains still. With exacting haste, two women make a clearing in the settlement around the Lion Knight, while a third writes disinterestedly in a massive ancient tome. An array of ornate, unidentifiable props and costumes is pulled out of a dark armoire and meticulously arranged around a makeshift stage. Survivors must depart the settlement phase for a special showdown with the Lion Knight. Choose the departing survivors now and nominate them to take the stage. So this is just what triggers the, the Lion Knight fight. Yep. After the level one. So this is level two and three or... Right, so take the stage, roll a d10. On a 1 through 2, as they approach the stage, the nominated survivor with the highest hunt XP, randomized in case of oh, time. Oh, this includes the level 1 It does include, well. yeah, because the yeah, other th- story event triggers this one. It does, yeah. yeah. Uh, suddenly feels the gaze of innumerable eyes and is overcome by paralyzing fright. If possible, choose another survivor to replace the frightened one. Well, I'm not going out there. You ain't getting me on stage. Would it be, um, we're going to talk about it a bit later. There's a prima donna, um... Is it pre, uh, prima donna disorder and a headline of fighting art? Some with those two is just like, no, I'm not going on stage. No. Uh, three through five is one of the women approaches the survivor with the highest insanity from behind, randomized in case of ties. She whispers in their ear, the survivor laughs maniacally, and begins dancing in an unfamiliar way. The survivor gains the immortal disorder and minus one permanent evasion. Really not bad, like... Swings of roundabouts. If you've got Immortal and you do it right, you don't need the evasion. And six through eight is everything falls silent. The only sound heard is the soft clicking as the motionless Lion Knight's claws begin to twitch and come to life. The nominated survivor with the lowest insanity, randomized in case of ties, gains the anxiety disorder. Yay. And then 9 and 10, crossing the threshold of the stage, the survivors feel energized, their bodies light as a feather. The nominated survivors gain plus one evasion tokens and survival up to the settlement's survival limit at the start of the showdown. Yeah, so the 6 to 8 result is good, and the 9 to 10 result is good. Uh, Because anxiety is like one of the 
it's not a fully positive disorder. It's the one where um, you have to wear stinky gear, uh, otherwise you uh, have the priority token at the start of the showdown. Yeah. So it's actually like quite good because you can ensure that your tank is targeted straight away. But the downside is you can't be wearing monster grease if you're doing it. Luckily, there's other ways of getting evasion or block. So yeah, it's and, and obviously the nine to ten is phenomenal. Yeah, getting up to the survival limit is really, really nice. And an evasion token. Oh, yeah. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, on the whole, it's not too bad, this table. It's uh, pretty fair. Moving along to the strange caravan. Camped outside the Lion Knight's view, the retinue unpack a caravan of trash and treasures. The trick is figuring out which is which. Each one beckons passing survivors to inspect their wares. Choose one member of the retinue to approach and nominate a survivor. So we've got three of them. We've got the Stoic Seamtress, the Silent Barterer, and the Impish Archivist. So we'll do uh, left to right order then. So Mm -hmm. Stoic Seamstress, the first member of the retinue motions you over, performing a pantomime of promises and threats. She holds out her hand, waiting for you to comply with her instructions. Nominate a survivor with three-plus understanding to offer her payment and become the retinue's mannequin. So, what does that mean, become the mannequin? Uh, the, it's... It doesn't do anything. It's bolded for some reason. Oh, okay. But effectively, you dress up for one of these, as you'll see when you're you read right out. You're right on your settlement sheet that you were once a yeah. mannequin. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, and there's, a, there's a little bit of bonus for the mannequins on each of these. All this right. is how you un- unlock the hybrid armors. So there's, uh, what, three hybrid armors here? Yep. There is mm-hmm. the dancer armor, the brawler armor, and the warlord armor. So uh, the dancer armor card set is a white lion fur, a shank bone, and a love juice. And that is the settlement gathers around the mannequin, excitedly poring over their delicate and sophisticated ensemble. They gain plus one courage. Just to be clear, this is how you unlock the card. Right. Yeah, you don't make the armor so you, for that. That'd be right. Awesome. That'd be that'd be really cheap. If that that price for the dancer armor set would be ridiculous. Uh, so the dancer armor is com- is a uh, three well, armor. We'll I think we should talk about them after the strange caravan because okay. I've got a lot to say on the hybrid armors. Um, so we'll just talk about how we unlock them now and the bonuses for unlocking them. Sure. So then next up is the brawler armor, which you need lion testes, a beef steak, and some scrap. And that is the settlement gathers around the mannequin admiringly. They gain the leader fighting art. Not bad. It's a good fighting art. It's got better. And then finally, we've got the warlord armor set, which is a phoenix finger, a curious hand, and a mystery meat. The settlement trembles before the mannequin's fearsome arrangement. They gain plus one permanent strength. It's one of the actual few recipes I've actually seen use a mystery meat. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So those are the three armor sets there. You said you want to get back into those later after we finish up with Strange Caravan, right, Fen? We'll do the Barterer, we'll do the Archivist, and then we'll talk about the, um, the the armor sets. Sounds good. So moving on to the Silent Barterer, the second member of the retinue sitting among chests brimming with bric-a-brac? Bric-a-brac, yeah. What's bric-a-brac? Just like random assortments of different kind of things. Oh, you know, so like those um, shops that have all sorts... Yeah, like a charity shop. That's a bric-a-brac, yeah. Okay. Uh, beckons you over, measuring you thoughtfully with her eyes. When she is through, she cocks her head expectantly and holds out her empty hand, waiting for your offer. Nominate a survivor to offer a weapon or armor gear for trade, and then archive it and roll a d10. So you have so, to give something up. 
Yeah, so all of those people who ask, like, talk about, I wish Kingdom Death had a way to recycle the old armor and stuff I'd made, the old bone weapons, here it is. And, you know, so play with the Lion Knight and Strange Caravan if you want that recycling. This is a balanced way of doing it. So rolling the D10 on a 1, you look away for a second and the gear is gone. The second member of the retinue stares at you blankly and shrugs. Suffer minus 1 permanent luck unless the gear you traded has the other keyword. That's, I mean, no one likes luck. She rips luck. you off. Yeah, she, she rips you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's bad, but you shouldn't really be putting anyone of value in to go to visit the Silent Bartra. Unlucky Bob. Huh? Unlucky Bob. Unlucky Bob. I don't know if I would send Unlucky Bob to be the negotiator. It seems like a bad decision. Just, just tell him he's Bob. Uh, so on a two through five, the second member of the retinue snatches the item, offering a squirming, hissing, ornate matching box, uh, matchbox in return. Gain a random vermin resource. If the gear has the set keyword, also gain the wardrobe expert fighting art. <laughs> so do we want to talk about wardrobe expert now? Um, I think we should just increase the order in which we're doing things. We'll do finish this. We'll do the fighting arts, the disorders, um, the tactics cards, and we'll end on the hybrid armors. Okay, sounds good. End uh, on a high. Then we've got a six through nine. An offer is presented, but there is no telling what it is. After pondering it, you smash it with frustration. Uh, gain two basic resources. If the gear you traded has any monster resources in its cost, also gain a random resource from that monster. So yep, the, they are recycling gear, and you know, this actually can be like a net gain if you're chucking in a bone sword or something. Yeah, uh, and so. then on a ten plus, after silent deliberation, one of the retinue members rummages through a trunk and pulls out a mask. If the gear you traded has the weapon keyword, gain the man mask. If the gear has the armor keyword, gain the god mask. Yep. So the man mask uh, and the god mask kind of vary a bit in power uh, for those let's do a refresher reminder for people so I got me a, the man mask is a, they're both a two armor head accessory which is unique and irreplaceable the man mask is an item mask bone other so is the god mask the difference between them is in their ability the man mask if you had a red and a green affinity in your grid then if insane you may spend negative attribute tokens in place of survival which is a very powerful ability but situational. You need to know how to get negative tokens generated. It completely pisses on the Kingsman, so, you know, that's always a good thing. The Silent Hymn basically gives you extra bonus survival to spend all the time, um, and it's great with stuff like Pulse Lantern from the Gorm, and also against the Forest Gate. The Forest wants what it wants. You can just get yourself some attribute token, negative attribute tokens to spend. So it's kind of like a, a unique build type thing. God mask is you need two red, two green, two blue, and you have to be insane. Uh, and if you achieve all of that at uh, the start of your action game, plus one survival. So it's like, it, it, it's hard to manage the god mask outside of, um, chromatic, uh, prismatic stuff like cycloid scale armor and warriors of the sun. But it is very, very powerful if you do, cause one survival each turn, hey, there's all sorts you can do with that. So it's a great result. Typically, I think you're more likely to get the man mask because generally settlements have a glut of weapons because of the way weapons work in this game. You kind of discard the previous tier of weapons and move on to better ones. Um, Armor gets upgraded less regularly. So 
I don't know what happens if you've um, traded in a something Greece? else. <laughs> yeah, like well, it, it says when you nominate a survivor to offer a weapon or armor for trade. Oh, yep, you're right. It's right at the top. Job done. Uh, so that is the silent barter. Then jumping to the last one of the retinue is the impish archivist, and that is the third member of the retinue motions you over to peer inside the pages of her book. The spread uh, the spreads depict a number of comically dangerous techniques. Choose one of the following. So there's four here, and the first one is archive one whistling mace gear to gain plus one permanent strength. Not great deal, Od- but oddly specific there. Yep. Uh, the next is suffer the blind severe injury and gain a tenacious fighting art. Then we have archive three gear cards, all crafted from different settlement locations, and gain the headliner fighting art. That's it. that's a one specific for this uh, expansion. We'll talk about later. Uh, tenacious is also specific to this example, uh, this expansion. And then finally, remove the hamstrung severe injury and gain the following impairment: thin-skinned. You cannot gain insanity for any reason. Mm. Quite, um, quite rare. And uh, I don't think hamstrung is removed very often either. I think it's you can't use fighting arts or something. Hamstrung. Is there a benefit for not being able to gain insanity? Uh, well, it's an impairment, so it's not meant to be a benefit, but, um. Fight in Slenderman. Yeah, Slenderman, I guess, uh, antelope? Yeah. I mean, if you've got Accept Darkness going on, then that's going to help a bit, because you're going to pick up a lot of disorders and take a lot of potential lethal brain damage otherwise. That's true. Yeah. You get frenzied all the time. <laughs> yeah. That lion looked to me funny. <laughs> so I'm looking at the picture here. The, the lion knight's kind of peeking in the background, staring. He's creeping. Creepy. He's creeper. He's a statue. He's just chilling. He's stoically standing. All right. So that's everything from the strange caravan, then. Yep. Um, which one of these is your go-to, Fen? Uh, it's well, it's getting the hybrid armors unlocked, but uh, on the whole, um, generally, I think the strange caravan is just. I don't have anything specific that I'm always like. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this because it's just a good location. It's a fun time. It's interesting, and it rarely punishes you really badly. Um, on the, whoops, I've, I've I've put my book down. Hang on. On the um, on each categories, we'll talk about the hybrids when we get to it. Um, but on the impish archivist, I think the uh, the hamstrung removal is probably the best one of them. A uh, headliner is not bad, but it's a high price to pay. You can um, get tenacious quite easily by making sure you have um, it's one of your returner survivors and they're carrying dried acanthus. Um, I don't think one strike for a whistling mace is a good deal. Unless you have a lot of resources. Yeah, yeah. I made true. ten whistling maces. I want ten strength. You'd have to... You have to do it ten separate times. times. Yeah. You have... When you have a billion population and a million endeavors, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of a bit of an extreme situation, but yeah, yeah. Alright, so Fen, do you want to do the, uh, tactics cards next, or fighting arts, or disorders? Let's do the tactics. Alright, so we've got three tactics that are added as part of this expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, a total of nine. We've looked at th- three so far. 
So first up, let's talk about trip formation. Yep. Uh, so trip formation is if you've got two survivors behind the monster. In front. Is that in front of the monster? And one behind. Uh, yeah. No. Two in front, one behind. No, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's one, one in front, two, two behind. The picture, the yeah. picture's, the picture's uh, wrong, but the, the actual layout wrong. is correct. The layout is correct, but it's also opposite to the way your brain would process it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so two survivors in the in the blind spot or behind the monster, and then yeah. one in front of it, and that is once per showdown during your act. If you are directly in front of the monster and there are at least two survivors in the blind spot, you may spend an activation to trip the monster. If you do, the monster suffers knockback one away from you and is knocked down. Which would also knock down the other two survivors. Absolutely, yeah. He'll collide with them. Yeah, that sounds kind of knockback dumb. five. Mm. Yeah, it's um unless it's the spediculous. Can't knock that down. Yeah, you can't knock it back down. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Oh. You just move it, I guess. <laughs> you push it back one space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get back, spider. Um, this is like not every tactics card can be like a, a golden gem because sometimes you've got to get duff draws from it. Otherwise, tactics cards are too powerful. So this one's just like I don't know why this is once per showdown because it's like compared to some of the others like spiral formation. It's so. It's whatever. It's funny. It, it needs needs more. It needs to be stronger. All right. So then next up we have confounding formation. So if you're standing in a straight line, all four survivors adjacent to each other, at the beginning of the monster's turn, if four survivors are standing in the above formation, choose one to gain the priority target token. Mm. So let's first of all just say this is one of my favorite pieces of art. <laughs> They're all taunting the monster. Yeah, yeah, with a variety of different, yeah, uh, just get flipping, flipping him the bird and, uh, Zachary's doing a monkey and I don't know what Alistair's doing at all. I don't even know why Zachary knows what a monkey is. At <laughs> least he's showing a butt. Um, also this is really powerful. Like, every turn you get to, you stand in this formation and you get to choose who the monster goes at. Like, very, very powerful. Have the tank be just absorbing everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like always at the tank. It's um, it, it's a damn fire. The the downside is, of course, um, you can't guarantee drawing this. So you can't build around it super easily. But this formation works if you have the two people on the far sides have ranged weapons or reach weapons. And um, obviously, there's some monsters where it kind of sucks to have everyone in front of. Yep. Uh, and then the last one is the reviving tactics. So it's four survivors standing in a plus pattern with the, uh, the, the middle, uh, space empty. So at the beginning yep. of your act, if four survivors are standing in the above formation, you may end the survivor's turn to heal all light and heavy injuries, restore all armor points, remove all bleeding tokens, and gain survival up to the settlement's survival limit, limit once per showdown. This is what we need yep. for the lion god. If we had that for the lion god fight, we would have been <laughs> just peachy. My yeah. god. This- Absolutely. It's it's tricky in some ways to set this up. It's harder to do than you realize because it's the person who has the tactics card is the one who will have to activate it. So all the other three have to go before and get into positions. If they do, you know, boom, it's a full reset. It's another round, refresh, and the monster's still as badly damaged as it was. So it's a damn fine card. Why one complaint with it? I'm thoroughly disappointed that they're not all high-fiving in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) 
like, like uh, my my brain, whenever I think about it, I think of this card showing all four of them, like just just high fiving, like you know, go team, exactly. <laughs> instead, they're all just kind of huddled together, like oh, have, have the, all their hands in the middle. Oh, that would be great. Oh, yeah, have yeah, all their hands yeah, just yeah. in the middle, like ready to do the yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, you know, but that's just a flavor thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing that sucks is if one of your survivors is dead. Like yeah. at the beginning of the showdown, you can't use it. You're like, uh, you yeah. need all four. <laughs> it's worth noting, obviously, this card gets stronger when you've got five or six players. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's kind of... <laughs> you've got more bodies, more healing, and you've got built-in, like, uh, buffer if you have to lose someone. You could take two of the people and have them kite the monster away, and then have everyone else uh, activate the ability. <laughs> yeah. Um when we talk about green armor in the future, I want you to remember this card because just think about the fact that green armor gives you three tactics <coughs> cards plus the badges are usually available as well. So you've got a high chance of having this. So yeah. I can so, dig it. It is the confounding formation and reviving tactics are both very strong. Which balances that trip formation being meh. Kind of poopy. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's, uh, let's start with a low point. We'll go with the disorders next. Yep. You say low point. I actually think the design of these is really cool, but disorders are, you know. Yeah, I meant low point I, I, for I, the survivors. I think the Lionite has probably one of the worst disorders though in the whole game. Yep. I'm saving that one for near the end there. Uh, so first up it will do stage fright. You hate being the center of attention. Whenever you become doomed or gain the priority target token, lose one survival. Mild downside. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's fine. It's it's a disorder. Yeah. Losing survival is not nice. Like, but priority target token aren't that common unless you're hitting the trap card. A lot, which you shouldn't be. Which you shouldn't be, so. Yeah. And there's also ways you can negate the loss of survival. Uh, if you have, I think it's, I always get this, the name of this mixed up, so I'm going to grab it quickly, but there is a Lion God fighting art that whenever you have zero survival, you gain one at the start of your act. Yeah. And I am, I am trying not to say burning ambition because I'm sure it's not burning ambition. It's burning focus. Burning focus. Yeah. Burning focus is phenomenal fighting art, um, with lots you can do with it, but yes, uh, I like it. I, I think this one's fine. It's good design. Next up, we have Shallow Lungs. Yelling makes you feel lightheaded. When you encourage, you're knocked down. Yeah. So that gets, like, negated as soon as you get uh, Fist and Tooth Mastery? Uh, yeah. It also really sucks when you get this one in People of the Sun. Why is that? I was being facetious. Oh, That's a okay. I'm just encourage. like, yeah, you can't encourage. Okay. <laughs> It's, um, it's a, that one went. So, you could hear the whoosh as that one went over. So my head. one thing you could you can knock yourself down and not be a threat. Yeah, by encouraging because you don't have to encourage someone that's knocked down. You can just encourage. Yeah, yeah. Good so, job. Good job, pay. everyone. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> this is also, uh, and we'll talk about it when we get to brawler armor again. But this is like brawler armor gives you bonuses when you get knocked down. So this is actually <laughs> can be used as a benefit. That's kind of funny. It, it would combine with brawler armor. It would read, encourage, get knocked down, gain one strength token. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm. So you, you pair that with the, uh, fist and tooth mastery so you could just stand yourself back up at the beginning of the next turn, the next act. Uh, before you, you know, you're it. a tub thumping. 
Yeah. Because if you knock yourself during your act, the end of your act or something, monster goes, he's not going to think you're a threat most of the time. And then you just stand yeah. up. That's what I mean. Yeah, you stand up at you, the end. You don't true. even need the, the fist and tooth. Yeah, you just, you get knocked down, but you get back up again. You're never going to keep him down. Yeah. Uh, my favorite here, unlucky. Your mother always said you were born under a bad sign. You cannot critically wound. This I hate this one so much. It, like I like it. I get what they're going. Like it's mm-hmm. a it's a decent disorder, but at the same time, like when this comes up, I just want to throw it across the room. It, it's um, it's very situational. On some survivors, this is a nightmare. But on your support or your tank, this can be completely meaningless. Right. And you can use gear to negate it. Like who cares if you can't critically wound if you're stabbing things with uh, acid tooth daggers or the counterweight axe? Right. Because, but when know, it happens to your uh, four luck survivor, yeah. your critter mid fight, yep, and he has no strength to actually wound. You want to throw <laughs> this off across the room. Yeah. Well, all I can say is, like, tough luck if you've been fortunate enough to generate a survivor like that, you know, the, the, the poots giveth and the poots taketh away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, those are the four disorders. Thoughts? Oh, you only, you only read sorry, three of them. Three. I only have three. Uh, maybe I forgot There's to grab one. There's a fourth one. Is there a fourth it's, one? It's Prima Donna. And oh. it is, I thought you were saving it for last because it's the most fiddly and annoying of them. Uh, no, I actually don't have it in front of me. I forgot to grab it. Okay, so Prima Donna, the double-edged sword of fame, is the only weapon you require. Uh, each survivor turn, you must take your act first, roll off it each turn if multiple survivors have this disorder. It's like so easy to forget this. It's really, really hard to remember, uh, and it's annoying as heck. <laughs> like It ruins your strategies, and you have to build around this one survivor who's always going first. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember I've had this one before in uh, one of our campaigns that we were doing yeah. uh, for Twitch, and it was yeah, a pain in the ass because halfway through a turn, you're just like, well, shit, I was supposed to go first. Yeah, yeah, it's it's easier when it's one player per survivor because they can generally be like me first. I remember it's me, it's me. But when you're controlling multiple survivors, you can just forget about it. Yeah. All right. So those are the four disorders now. Yeah. Thoughts. They're a fine bunch, you know. It's punishment on some of them is is quite severe, but it's never like you're completely screwed. You can build around it. I, I think prima donna is is a bit too much busy work and annoyance and cutesiness for what it's worth. But on the whole, but they're all themed really nice. Yeah. Okay, so jumping into fighting arts, then uh, we've got headliner here. So, Headliner, when you become doomed or gain the priority target token, you may choose to gain a survival or one strength. Mm. It's pretty nice. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't be becoming doomed too often, but if you pair this with something that uh, lets you gain the priority target token, uh, get a bunch of survival generation, or just buff yourself up with a bunch of strength tokens. Yeah, stuff like Anxiety or the Blast Shield from the... Um, uh, from the Dragon King, or I think it's uh, Trick Attack, is it? From the Sunstalker expansion? Uh, yeah, Trick Attack. Once per showdown, when you wound a monster for its blind spot, a survivor adjacent to you may gain the priority target token. On the whole, not super easy to get the priority token. I like you know, that headliner synergizes with anxiety, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's quite good. Anxious headliner. 
Uh, and of course, it's got Alistair printed on the art. Alistair really is the worst survivor. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's taking like the worst bathroom selfie. Or something. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. He's taking like a club selfie right there. He looks like he's got two tiny women sat on either arm. Yeah, because he's a he's a total bro. Uh, he's not a bro. Zachary's a bro. <laughs> Zachary Zachary's a proper Chad disguise. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair is a living weeb and I could do without him. Oh god. <laughs> Alright. That's why we don't play with Alistair in our games. <laughs> yeah. Uh next up, Tenacious. When your wound attempt on a hit location is a failure, you may put that hit location back on top of the deck instead of the discard pile. Limit once per round. I like this. It's just good. Yeah. It's not overpowered. I think what makes it exceptionally good is the the word may. Not yeah. m- not must. Yeah, it's um, I think it has some synergies with dagger, uh, daggers as well, which is kind of nice because um, poor old daggers are very under underwhelming until uh, we got given the joy of backstabber, which mm. is my my favorite fighting art. I have a question. What is this picture? Um, he's putting a card back on top of the deck. Oh, oh, that's what. That's oh. Yeah. Sometimes they break the fourth wall and everything with this stuff like, you know, the treadmill with the uh, uh, screaming antelopes. Yeah. And when they build the innovation deck. So, yeah, this is one There's, of those. This is the uh, just... HL on the back that threw me off. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And so then everyone's favorite next. Wardrobe expert. When you suffer a severe injury to a hit location, you may archive a gear worn at that location to ignore it and gain a survival. Mm. I don't, yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> there is exactly one fight in each campaign where this, where you'd actually be okay with, with POC happening. The card has POC on the artwork in case you haven't seen it. That's the noise of your armor being pinged off. Mm. Uh, well, let's, let's face it. This, this is like a reference to Adam's love of those fighting games where survivor, where fighters get their armor knocked and battered off. I'm sure. Um, I can't remember what they're called at all, but they're, they're another weeby thing. Um, but, uh, it's, yeah, it, this is like only, you'd only ever use this in the very final fight of the campaign. And even then you might not because you're fucking losing like, uh, uh synergies and stuff and armor set bonuses and things. And it's archiving it. I don't understand the balance of this card. Yeah. I think the only time I would really see this being useful is if you're like in the middle of a showdown and you've got four bleeds mm. and well, yeah, you're just like, exactly. I can't, I can't take a severe injury right now. Yeah. Yeah. You get to choose after you see what the severe injury is. So if it's going to kill you, you can archive, but I can, I can tell you, um, people that played people, of the stars, like it was last year I played with my role playing group. Um, Chandy got this, he got this fairly early on. The entire table put him on notice every time he kept wanting to use it to try and avoid like irrelevant severe injuries. Uh, oh no, I'm, I'm being disemboweled for the rest of the showdown fight. I, I should just like archive the armor. And it was like, why? We're not going to lose and you're just going to toss your armor away. You're not getting a replacement piece. So he, he caused like a lot of uh, bad blood uh, across the table and he refused to get rid of it. And then he destroyed most of his armor in the very final fight. Uh, this is how you get rid of Kingsman armor. That, that's what I'm just going to say. Uh, hey, <laughs> that's, that's, that's actually a, a valid and good use for it. You can just plink off a piece of Kingsman armor. Okay. Or, or other cursed armor. <laughs> yeah. like that's that how you get rid of mask. your mask. There you go. Yeah. This is how you get rid of the mask. 
archiving gear worn in that location. Yep. Okay. There we go. Brilliant. Wardrobe. That, so we got, that's actually really like a, an ingenious thing I hadn't thought of. Um, let's just make sure that, that cursed allows for that. Cause that's the, that's the question. You might now. be onto something there, Josh. Let's, let's, let's jump into our rule book and, oh. What is, where is it? It's right here. I'm gonna, I was gonna look at the 1.3 rule book, but I better not. I should look at the 1.5. Let's not be lazy. Glossary. Glossary. Curse gear special rule, this gear cannot be removed from the gear grid for any reason. Oh, but um, but um, bam. I guess maybe. <laughs> 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 I, I, I guess, I guess you're down to, um, Having to have a crystal skin still. Womp womp. Oh well. Oh well. Yeah, that would be kind of fun though. Like, you know, the survivors like skull turns inside out and calcifies and liquidizes into this Kingsman skull and then they get hit in the head by the lion knight and it bounces off and there's their face underneath. Like, oh hey! <laughs> I'm healed! <laughs> you, you thought, hey King, you thought you were going to get me? Unfortunately for you, I'm Lionel Berry, wardrobe expert. <laughs> I can guard your armor at will. Oh boy. Ugh. Yeah, that's, a, that's I, I really wish actually maybe if this actually said um, you you know you can archive a gear ignoring cursed then sure yeah. I'd be like applauding it. Ah, that's a shame. It was so close. Um, yeah, this is garbage. I hate it. <laughs> How do you really? Feel? Maybe a rawhide set just because it's so cheap to make. <laughs> but you're breaking up your rawhide set bonus. Yeah, y- y- you know, like. It's just so situational. Don't don't try and justify it. <laughs> it's sleazy. It's awful. It's not even mechanically good. It's just sometimes there needs to be trash in the fighting art deck. Apparently. <laughs> All right. So let's let's get to the good stuff then. Yeah. yeah then which yeah. armor would you like to go over first? Uh, we, let's do brawler then da- uh, dancer and then warlord. Okay. So brawler. Yeah. Uh, so this one's going to require a uh, skull helm, the white lion gauntlets, the lion skin cloak, the phoenix folds, 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 yeah. uh, and the phoenix greaves, phoenix pants, phoenix pants. There you go. Perfection. Uh, so once you get all those, you get the brawler armor, which is uh, four armor at each location. Yep, and it's overrides your existing armors that you would get from the kit, and just gives you four to everywhere. And it looks. Cool as, as hell. That's it is seriously cool looking. Yeah, and uh, your skull helm cannot be destroyed. Uh, you gain plus two accuracy when attacking with fist and tooth, and when you were knocked down, you gain a plus one strength token. Yep. Okay. So additionally, within the armor itself, the cloak gives you um, damage reduction of one to a minimum of one from hits. Uh, the boots give you plus two movement if you're insane, and the folds give you plus one insanity when departing. So those those are built into it as well. The main thing about this is actually it's an armor set that uses the cloak, because the cloak is a very powerful piece of gear that usually doesn't have an armor set. Um, the downside is that you have to use two of the one of the worst pieces, the Phoenix gear, the waist piece. And you have a, have to wear white lion gloves that have no affinity and just don't do anything because their ability is linked to pounce, which you can't do. And also, it's super hard to knock yourself down for the strength. 
Unless you have shallow lungs. shallow lungs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unless you've got some neat ways of get circumventing that. I can just yeah. picture this big, tough brawler that's, like, ready to charge into battle, and then he just yells and then falls over and then just swaps himself up. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, me, bro! <laughs> he attacks, then he encourages someone. He's like, you're doing a good job! And falls down and then gets back up more pumped than before. He, he doesn't yeah, fall down. Yeah. He goes down to do some push-ups. That's what it is. He's like, dropping oh and giving God. five push-ups. Pe- people of the chat, they can only make more Stop and give me five. Go, bro. Hit the Gonna get small, bro. I see. We joke about that, but I believe people have talked about doing it on Reddit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, this harvest set's a bit of a meme. Uh, primarily, you want it for the, the cloak. Um, it's... I really loved it initially because I love how it looks and I, I love the design of it and everything. But as you play with it, you kind of realize, yeah, the movement's nice, but it's hard to maintain your insanity. And the the cloak is amazing, but you kind of got a lot of trash hanging around in there. Um, it's simultaneously really expensive and really cheap because the lower half of the outfit is incredibly expensive, but the top half is incredibly cheap. So Because you got to show off your packs. Yeah, you get you know. But you put this you've got to have your pecs knife. caressed by the lion claws, the tiny lion claws <laughs> from the lion cub, I guess. <clears throat> or, or in the case of the female version, cupping your breasts. Exactly. <laughs> Lift and separate. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's this armor. I just wish it this strength token thing was a little easier to activate. It's um, it, it's nearly good. Just fight screaming antelopes and get trampled all the time. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but there are definitely ways. You, if you can milk the get knocked down and do lots of push-ups, then you're going to be a badass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on to the dancer armor. Uh, while you are wearing the following gear, you gain a dancer armor bonus, and that is the phoenix helm, the screaming bracers, the rawhide vest, the leather skirt, and the leather boots. Mm. And so this is a three armor at each hit location armor set. And while you are wearing this, you may use the tumble fighting art. And at the end of the first attack during your act, gain movement to and spend it immediately. Yeah. Okay. Additionally, the Phoenix Helm, if you're insane, gives you plus one evasion token. Screaming braces allow give you plus two to interact with terrain and allow you to spawn acanthus plants at the start of the fight. The rawhide vest gives you plus one evasion. The leather skirt is one of the most powerful, cheap pieces of waste gear in the entire game. And the leather boots give you an amazing left and right green affinity. And at the end of your act, you can move one extra space. So this is okay. all the movement. Yep. Also, almost all of the affinities line up perfectly on this. You can join the head to the body, to the braces, to the um, vest, the, sorry, the, the skirt, and then you can easily put the boots at the top, slot in a monster grease, and you are one right face affinity away from the full monster grease bonus. Basically, this armor has plus four evasion built into it. On top of that, tumble is actually a really good fighting art. So have access to it is amazing. The 50% chance of ignoring collisions is like very, very powerful. I'm sorry my birds are getting upset because it's nearly bedtime. I don't know if you can hear them. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Murky is, uh, is, is yelling. Um, and also the gain of movement after your first attack and spend it immediately. That's got tons and tons of power involved in it. This is, 
I've, I've, I'm currently working my way through the armor sets. I did the dance brawler armor recently and the dancer armor. I'm just working on the article about the warlord armor. Dancer armor is my pick for the fourth best armor set in the game overall. Maybe third, but definitely fourth at least. Yeah. It's top four. It's a pretty swanky yeah. armor set. Yeah, yeah. Like there's so much stuff you can do. You can run, like, put harvestman on your survivor. So harvestman gives you eight movement. If you get knocked down, you lose a movement. Um, you gain a minus movement token, but tumble reduces the chances of you getting knocked down from collisions, so you get knocked down less. Um, and you've got eight movement, so you run up, you punch the monster in the face with whatever weapon you're using, dash back eight spaces immediately. As long as the monster doesn't target anyone else that comes after you, you can dash away another eight spaces and the monster never hits you. So effectively, this is a unique form of tanking where you dance away from the monster constantly and it just doesn't ever hit anything at all. It's also got benefits with like, oh, get a, get a, um, get a movement to spend immediately that you can spend alongside activating a cumbersome weapon things or making life easier. It's. Hey, cumbersome phenomenal. would be awesome with this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's amazing with bows. It's amazing with like everything. It's, um, it, oh, it, I, I slept on this armor for a long time before really playing with it. And you, we used to just meme by sticking it with, um, a propulsion drive. So you'd run around a lot, get trigger promotion drive and punch really hard with a really strong high luck attack. That's kind of awesome. It is awesome. But yeah, this, this armor set is something to behold. It is just amazing. I think it's not my favorite of the three armor sets, but it is definitely the most powerful one and it's definitely the best part of the entire expansion. All right. So and it's light armor. It's not even heavy. You know. So let's go look at the last. The Warlord Armor. Saving the best for last? Well, he's done the best. But this is <laughs> uh, so Warlord is the Screaming Horns, the Leather Bracers, the Phoenix, Phoenix, yes, the, the Phoenix, Phoenix Placard, the Lantern Mail, and the Lantern Greaves. This is a bit beefier of an armor set. Yep. Looks friggin' cool also. It does. And uh, this is five armor to all locations, plus one speed and plus one luck when attacking with axes. And when you critically wound, all other non-deaf survivors gain a survival and two strength until the end of the round. Yep. Yep. This is the axe armor set. Additionally, the, scre- like, the screaming helm uh, with a downward facing blue sits above the placard. The... Uh, Gree, uh, sorry, the caress will sit on the left of the placard. The boots will sit on the right, so the placard is always active. The screaming helm lets you activate to gain insanity. You gain survival when departing from the leather gloves. And if you want to, you can change your build and use the uh, activate the boots to get um, extra movement instead. But why you do that when you could use the Phoenix placard, which is one of the best items in the game, I don't know. This set is powerful. It's tanky. It's just looks badass. It makes axes unbelievably amazing. Like with a denticle axe, this thing is insane. Um, it, if if the legs just integrated a bit better into the set, it would be easily in top like top three or four. But it's it's. Just, I think this might be the fifth best armor in the game. No, it's a lot of fun and freaking destroy everything with your axe. Uh, Lantern yeah, Albert. Yeah. 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 It's it's really good even if you're not using axes. Just like the the you know, the when you critically wound all other non deaf survivors gain a survival and plus two strength on top of the fact that it's got one of the best helms, one of the best body pieces, and really good waist, legs and arms. You know. 
it's 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 great. Um, and as I said, I think the hybrid armors are the highlight of this expansion. I'm so glad that Adam's doing more of them in the gambler's chest, <clears throat> and it's really nice that these use that they, they encourage you to hunt the phoenix. Yeah. The arc bow and these and the hollow point arrow are the only things these days that really have me going, yeah, I'm okay with hunting the level one and level two Phoenix. I'll do it. You know? Yeah, I I love the armor sets. I think they're gorgeous. And yeah, I I have to agree that that's a highlight of this expansion for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I hope the brawler one gets a little bit of a revision to strengthen it somewhat. um, Because it's an expensive armor set to make. Because those legs, I think, cost like. The legs and the waist cost eight resources, I think it is. Oof. Yeah. I mean, not as expensive as the Warlord arm, which I, I'm sure you can imagine is very expensive, but it justifies its cost, and it has a good armor value and good abilities. Yeah. Yeah. The Dancer arm is so cheap to make and so, so like, so powerful. It's... I, I, you guys need to explore it. <laughs> like... <laughs> You will, you will love it, whatever weapon you're using, whatever fighting art. All right, so I think that's everything that we wanted to touch on with the Lion mm-hmm. Knight, correct? I think so, yep. All right, any closing remarks, Fen? Well, I can say, as I'm sure you're aware, this is not a well-regarded expansion by myself or the community. I I put it in the bottom three expansions. I think the Lonely Tree is better than it if you can get the Lonely Tree on sale. Um, there's a lot of promise. There's a lot of theme. There's some amazing models. But ultimately, for me, all I use is either this is in if I'm playing with the Green Knight, because you have to have it in. You have no choice. Or I'm just using the hybrid armors. I'm using the fighting arts disorders and the tactics. Um, and I'm a lot happier. I don't like anything to do with the, the Lion Knight showdown. I like the Strange Caravan. I like everything surrounding it. I, I cannot stand the showdown. I think it's uh, the showdown needs a do from the ground up. It needs all of the cards thrown out, the ideas thrown out, and just done from scratch with the rolls and something to do with the stage. Um, which is a shame, because the Lion Knight is a pompous ass, <laughs> and wonderfully so. Um, but... Eh, it, needs, it needs some work. It needs some polish. It does, it does. And a lot of people, myself included, just take the hybrid armors and put them in the campaigns without the unlocks. Because the unlocks give you little bonuses for getting them. I've actually found these armors are are pretty balanced uh, if you don't have to unlock them. Because you are still, you you have to fight the Phoenix to to make these. And that is, uh, it's a fair price to pay. The Phoenix is no slouch. It can bullshit you out of nowhere. Turn one, deja vu. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, we, we've had that happen before. <laughs> so, so it's a good one, that one. Level 1 Phoenix raising the entire party on the first turn. Feels good. <laughs> All right, Josh, anything uh, you want to mention about the, the set, the yeah, expansion? I think, I think we hit everything. Um, yeah, I, I agree a lot with Fan. It's the armor sets and all. all the, the flavor's really cool. Yeah. Um, just some of the execution isn't quite there. Exactly. Yeah, it's um, it's a Zach M special. It's like Spidiculous. The flavor's cool. Some of the bits are amazing. When you look at it all together, you go, Ugh, do I have to have this in my campaign? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so 
what what do we want to look at next? Because we're reaching the section with the cool, really cool monsters, like the exciting ones, the big boys. I think I think we should tease them with letting us let everyone know what we're going to look at next. Are we going to look at what one of the really big ones? I think yeah, I think we're due for a big one. Yeah. So so what do we want to do? Do we want to do uh, we want to do um, shiny sun happy people? Te- tentacles and light, or do we want to do best boy? I think we should probably do do the Sunstalker next. I, I agree. I think that would do well too, considering we're just finishing up with the tail end of our People of the Sun campaign. Yeah, that'll give you some fresh, uh, fresh talk and thought thoughts on it. Yeah, so we'll be back with the Sunstalker, uh, which will probably end up being a three parter, I imagine, because. Maybe even four, because there's a lot to talk about with people of the sun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a biggie. That's yeah, a biggie. It's a biggie. It's, a biggie. Um, it's <laughs> not as big as the Dragon King, though. Um, but prepare yeah. your rainbow vomit. Yes, prepare your rainbow vomit. Prepare your ink sacks. And um, your ovipositors. Yep, and you'll get your rainbows at the ready. All right. So thank all of you for joining us. This is the Great Game Hunters signing off for now. Uh, Make sure that you follow us on all of our uh, independent channels as well. We've got Twist Gaming here. uh, That's on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and our Discord channel. And join us for our ongoing campaigns of Twitch Plays Kingdom Death every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, Fen? Yeah, I can be found as uh, FenPaints, all one word, on Instagram or Twitter, uh, but mostly at my Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash FenPaints, where I do written articles. As I said, I'm going through the armor sets at the moment, uh, which has taken a long time, an in-depth article on each one. Uh, I also do painting, uh, sometimes painting articles and other bits and pieces all related to Kingdom Death, plus branching into some game reviews as well. Within the cooperative genre. Very cool. Yeah. All right. And uh, again, join us for the next episode where we start to dive into uh, the Sunstalker. But mm. signing off for now, I'm Matt. I'm Josh. Bye. I'm Fed. Have a good one, everyone. Good night.